Paul here with today's tip to help you pass ACLS. The tongue is the most common airway obstruction in an unconscious patient. When a patient goes unresponsive and is laying on their back, the relaxed tongue falls to the back of the oral pharynx, blocking the airway. During our assessment, we can perform a head tilt chin lift to move the tongue from the back of the throat while checking for a carotid pulse and breathing for 5 to 10 seconds. As we work a code, Keeping the airway open is vital to deliver adequate ventilations. To help us, we can insert an oropharyngeal airway to help keep the patient's tongue from falling to the back of the pharynx. The use of an oropharyngeal airway is today's PASS ACLS tip topic. Listening to a tip daily for a few weeks before your class will help to cement the key concepts for you to pass your ACLS written exam and megacode. Push the plus, follow, or subscribe button in your listening app, or activate the Pass ACLS flash briefing skill on your Amazon voice device so you don't miss upcoming tips. You can find additional ACLS-related resources at passacls.com. The oropharyngeal airway is a basic airway adjunct sometimes called an OPA or simply an oral airway. Once inserted, the flange of a properly sized oral airway will rest on the lips or the teeth, while the C-shape of the device keeps the tongue from falling to the back of the pharynx. The oral airway is indicated for unresponsive patients that can't control their own airway and do not have a gag reflex. The OPA is contraindicated in patients with an intact gag reflex. If a patient has a gag reflex but can't control their own airway, an alternative device, such as the nasopharyngeal airway, should be used. OPAs come in a variety of sizes, from very small infant sizes that are only a few centimeters in length to extra-large adult sizes that are 15 centimeters or more. It's important that we size an oral airway before attempting to insert one to ensure that it will work as intended and not cause any complications. Using an oral airway that's too small won't hold the tongue and could be swallowed or aspirated. In some cases, it can actually push the tongue to the back of the throat and cause an airway obstruction. Inserting an OPA that's too large could result in the tip hitting the larynx and cause laryngeal spasm, soft tissue swelling, or bleeding into the airway. We should keep a variety of sizes of OPAs on our crash cart or with our AED kits so that we can use the closest appropriate size. To measure an oral airway, we simply hold the device next to the patient's face and measure from the corner of the mouth to the angle of the jaw, then use the one that's closest to the desired length. There are two basic ways that we can insert an oral airway, the twisting or straight-in method. The twisting method is the one most commonly used. In this case, we'll open the patient's mouth and insert the tip of the oral airway against the patient's cheek or the roof of their mouth. We'll slowly insert the airway until the tip is past the middle of the tongue, then turn the device into place so that the tip is facing down towards the larynx and the C-shape holds the tongue away from the back of the throat. This will be approximately a 90-degree turn if following the cheek, or a 180-degree turn if the tip was placed against the roof of the mouth. The flange of the device will remain outside of the patient's mouth, resting on their lips or teeth. The second method for insertion is to use a tongue blade to hold the tongue from moving back while sliding the appropriately sized device straight in. We should not attempt to slide an oral airway straight in without a tongue blade. The tip can get caught on the middle, meaty part of the tongue 
and push the tongue to the back of the pharynx, causing an airway obstruction. Remember that an intact gag reflex is the only contraindication for use of an OPA. If we begin to insert an oral airway and the patient starts to retch, immediately remove the airway. Attempting to insert an oral airway into a patient with a gag reflex can lead to vomiting and possible aspiration. In cases where a patient can't control their own airway but has a gag reflex, an alternative airway such as the nasal airway, which causes less stimulation of the gag reflex and is better tolerated by semi-conscious patients, should be considered. We don't need to stop CPR to insert an oral airway. The oral airway can be easily measured and inserted while CPR compressions are being delivered. Once inserted, the oral airway can be left in place until we're ready to intubate or insert another advanced airway. Keep in mind that intubating or inserting another advanced airway is not a priority when running a code. We can do adequate CPR of 30 compressions to two breaths, defibrillate, and monitor end-tidal CO2 using a BVM with an oral airway in place. Once an advanced airway such as an endotracheal tube, LMA, or esophageal tube airway is placed, we will change to constant, uninterrupted chest compressions and deliver one breath every six seconds. It's common at some institutions to use an oral airway as a bite block to protect the tube from occluding should the patient bite down. In these cases, the OPA is being used as a bite block and not as an airway. If you found today's review of the oral pharyngeal airway helpful, consider giving back via the secure link in the episode notes. I'm here to help you pass a CLS. Thanks for listening, and good luck with your class.